North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. You've tuned in to Dr. Low Radio, your one stop for the very best in natural medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, a.k.a. Dr. Low, and thanks for listening to the show. Hopefully all of you are staying sane in the midst of all the political debates. I try to kind of stay out of it myself. But as a reminder, I wanted to just remind you guys about you want to vote yes on Prop 37, which will require all foods to be labeled GMO if they are genetically modified. It doesn't mean that manufacturers can't make genetically modified foods, but it just means that you have the right to decide if you want to put that into your body or not. And you know me, I'm all about personal responsibility and also empowerment, and I really believe that we all have the right to decide what we put in our bodies. So yes on Prop 37. Some very exciting news recently. Uh, my show, it actually cracked number one in the spot for the, for the first time ever for the health section for Blog Talk Radio, and that's out of over 1,400 shows we were, we were ranked number one. So I'm very humbled. My heart is very warmed by all the support and the love. I just want to say thank you. And, of course, you know, the, the, it's not always number one, but it was just exciting that it came at number one. So awesome, awesome. It made my day. It made my week, actually. Uh, I was recently interviewed on the Fat-Burning Man show with Abel James. It was a great interview, if I do say so myself, and you can check that out. We talked about kind of the way I work with my patients and some other things, too, like natural pet care, and we talked about poop, and, of course, that's my favorite topic, as you guys know. You can check out the interview at fatburningman.com. And, of course, you guys know the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Noel and Twitter at Noel. If you want to call in and ask a question tonight, the number is 818-495-6919. We're going to be interviewing a special guest, Dr. Tim Gerstmar. Dr. Kim, Tim Gerstmar is also a naturopathic doctor. He's also a paleo advocate as well. And he also is a GAPS practitioner. It's a certified GAPS practitioner. We haven't talked a whole lot about the GAPS diet, so we'll talk a little bit about that tonight with Dr. Gerstmar. I met Dr. Um, Tim. I'm going to just call him Dr. Tim. I met him at the Ancestral Health Symposium a couple of years ago um, at UCLA, and um, I guess that's like a year, a year and a half ago. And uh, it was so exciting because I thought I was the only naturopathic doctor there, as I usually am when I go to certain, you know, certain conferences. And so I got really excited. I went to his lecture he was giving there on gut health. And I knew that we were going to be friends. And, you know, I knew that he was going to be a guest on the show at some point. So I was very happy he agreed to be on the show tonight. Um, Dr. Gersmar practices in uh, Washington. He received his doctorate, doctorate in naturopathic medicine from Bastyr University up there in Washington, a very, very good school. He uses clinical nutrition in his practice, primarily the paleo diet, also Weston A. Price and GAPS diet, as well as lifestyle counseling, botanical medicine, functional medicine, homeopathy, and anything else that he thinks will be helpful for his patients. And he specializes in treating complex chronic diseases, the issues that leave most other doctors stumped. And he said in his bio that most of the people he's, that he's seen has already seen four to ten other doctors before coming to see him. His areas of expertise are in digestive health, 
People seek him out for issues like gas, bloating, heartburn, reflux, constipation, diarrhea. It sounds like he likes to talk about poop a lot as well. Very, very important because the gut is where it all starts from. It's the center of the universe. So excited to talk about that with him tonight. So Dr. Tim Gersmar, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming on to Dr. Low Radio. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the chance to uh, to talk with you about poop and lots of other interesting <laughs> things as well. So. Um, yeah, if there's anything like a naturopathic doctor to kill the conversation and mood at a party, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't really know who's got to speak. So. <laughs> yeah, I've made many people feel very uncomfortable at many doc- at many uh, dinner tables. <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. Um, yeah, that's all I can say. I don't get invited to many parties anymore. But uh, but thanks for having me. I look forward to uh, chatting about some interesting things. Like you said, most of my patients are are kind of the rejects and the weirdos from the conventional system. You know, I say that in the kindest, most loving way. But you know, people who have been up and down and all around the conventional system, who've been poked and prodded and had scopes up and down both ends, and you know, aren't getting the help they need. And if there's one really awesome thing you do by putting this show out there is just letting people know that, hey, conventional medicine is awesome. Like, we don't like to, you know, there, there's sort of this natural versus conventional medicine, and, and, you know, I'm sure, absolutely sure you're with me on this, but both are awesome and both serve different purposes and help different people. And if the conventional system has helped you, then, like, more power to you. That's great. And we exist as well, both you know, hopefully before you have to get to being sick enough to need the things that the conventional system does really well, and for then those people who also kind of fall out the side of that system and don't really get the help that they're looking for, you know? Yeah, for sure. My my heart really goes out to, you know, doctors in conventional medical systems because I think they really, you know, start this whole career as wanting to really help people. And I've heard it so many times. I've said it on other shows. I've, I've talked to so many medical students and medical doctors who they had the best of intentions and then they get into school and they realize that the training is it's not exactly what they were looking for, you know. So I feel very blessed to to have so many tools to work with, to be able to talk to patients for an hour you know, not have to rush through a visit with them and have so many tools to work with. I mean, like, like you know, you get to use so many different tools in your toolbox to get people well. So I feel very blessed. I'm sure you do the same. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I, I owe a debt of gratitude to my old family doctor because when I first started this whole quest to get involved with medicine, my first thought, I, maybe like yours, but like a lot of my colleagues I went to school with, was that I was going to go to, you know, MD medical school and do the work there. And I sat down and I talked with her and said, look, I'm thinking of becoming, you know, an MD. And she was like, that's great, but I really urge you not to do it. And it was the same thing. Like, you get into this with the best of intentions. You want to heal and you help the world. And the system just grinds you down and you end up doing more, you know, more paperwork and, you know, spending five minutes with patients and really caring for them and helping them. And she's the one who's, you know, ultimately set me on the path to finding our little profession here of naturopathic mm-hmm. doctors, you know, and, and going about it. So um, I feel like I, I, in that sense I owe them a, a great um, uh, debt for, for helping me to not join that profession, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story. So what got you to becoming Dr. Gersmar? Tell us a little bit about, about you. Sure, absolutely. Um, 
you know, in a real nutshell, um, you know, I was one of those guys who spent six years getting a four-year degree in college because I could never figure out what to do with myself. I was going to do engineering, and then I found out that I didn't like it. And I bounced around from profession to profession, and everybody laughs here, but before I ended up in philosophy. And everyone's like, right, philosophy. But I actually really value my undergrad because it gave me a diverse way of thinking and holding contrary ideas in mind simultaneously, being able to dissect and, and, and analyze arguments. And I find that those kind of meta skills are incredibly useful um, in what we do, you know, because, again, when you see people who have tried everything that should work for them, both conventionally and oftentimes all the alternative stuff as well, you know, the answer doesn't lie in, um, you know, and we'll talk about this later, like finding one more website or looking in one more book and maybe finding that magic answer that's just eluded you until this point. Oftentimes you have to back up and reanalyze the whole situation. And so, um, so um, I used to be kind of sheepish about my philosophy background. Now I'm, I, you know, kind of proudly, uh, proudly crow about it. But um, I, I was going to, um, to not like talk the whole show about my background here. Um, I was going to school. My dad um, was scheduled to go in for a surgery. And he did, and he recovered from surgery all right. But somewhere between when he exited the recovery room and about uh, six hours later when my mother was like, shouldn't he be waking up from anesthesia now, um, he had a really massive stroke. So a really severe uh, stroke. Um, And, of course, I don't know if you've talked about strokes before, but the conventional drugs only have about an hour window to work. And so, you know, if if you or someone you know suddenly started slurring their speech and, like, you know, couldn't use their arm or anything and they got rushed to the hospital, they're the lucky ones because they're within that hour of time that um, that they can detect the stroke and they can give the drugs to help um, break up that clot that has happened in the brain and restore circulation and keep keep that brain alive, whereas people who have strokes when they're asleep or if, if obviously if no one's around to help them or like my dad's case, post-surgically, you're kind of out of luck. And so, my, so again, sorry, I, I go along here. My mom asked me to come home and help care for my dad. I managed to complete school, and I started to do that. And so, <clears throat> again, I was really, really grateful. Without the conventional system, my dad would have died. There's no way right. he would have but the help they gave him was very limited. And I quickly mm-hmm. saw that, you know, um, this is my rude awakening to the insurance companies that I hadn't had to deal with at any point up until then. They did not care, and this came as a, my, I was very naive at the time, they did not care to help my dad become a functional human being again. Mm-hmm. They only cared to pay out the minimum amount of money that was necessary to fulfill their financial obligation to the policy that my parents had. And so, you know, the, at the time, the physical therapist, speech therapist, the occupational therapist were saying, if he continues care, he will continue to get better. And the insurance company was saying, I, we don't care, no more visits, basically. Mm. So I began, with no idea of what was going on, looking into alternative medicine. The first book I read was by Dr. An- Dr. Andrew Weil, or Weil, mm-hmm. I always get his name wrong. Um, mm-hmm. It turned me on to, hey, there's these things called vitamins, 
And so began a search <laughs> through things. And, you know, we tried not knowing anyone at the time that I could go to that would help me. I just started digging into, you know, into research and into, you know, popular books um, about alternative medicine. And we went and saw, you know, acupuncturists, chiropractors, biofeedback, all sorts of therapists. And the thing that was most frustrating to me at the time was there was no one Everybody knew their piece. The acupuncturist was an excellent acupuncturist, but I asked, you know, what about nutrition? What about this or that? And it was like, I don't know about that. I do acupuncture. And the biofeedback person, you'd say, what about, you know, hyperbaric oxygen therapy? I don't know about that. I just do biofeedback. And there was no, that I knew of at the time, person like an MD who could do, who who was well-versed in alternative medicine. Mm Mm-hmm. And so then I thought, I'm going to become that person. I'm going to go to MD school and then do alternative medicine. And, and I got my rude awakening and landed in a naturopathic world, and I'm so grateful to be here. And that's what I strive to be for my patients. You know, we have mm-hmm. the medical underpinning, the medical understanding. So when someone, you know, patients who came to see me today are talking about CAT scans and endoscopes and colonoscopes and blood work and everything else, and you can control you know, we can nod our heads and understand exactly what they're talking about. And then we can start talking not only about drugs, but about diet and herbs and all sorts of other therapies and be that kind of clearinghouse. Even if I don't know how to do hyperbaric oxygen therapy myself, I have an idea of whether it could be helpful and we can send the patient off to do that. So, um, Sorry if I ran a little long there, but uh, obviously. No, not at all. It's it's um it's inspiring, you know. I mean, you saw a need for it, and you had this yeah. um almost like this responsibility to provide yeah. something yeah. that needed to be provided, and I think that's really beautiful. I mean, that's a big reason why I got into this myself was that I wanted to be an advocate for my family and my friends. I didn't trust the medical system because I was a Kaiser patient who went through, you know, the whole system and never got the kind of care that I needed when I was sick in high school. And, I mean, it was the love of the the field. I mean, it made so much sense to me. I loved learning about it. It was also a sense of responsibility to be able to provide that need. So I fully identify with that. And it's, I really acknowledge you for doing that. Hey, I appreciate that. And, I mean, you know, you're right there with me, too. But that's the thing. That's why I've decided, you know, my practice is dedicated to all the people who don't get the help that they need, you know. Mm -hmm. The Internet is awesome, and I'm so glad it's there. But, you know, all you have to do is take a look at some of the the boards, the message boards, and and some of the websites from people who are chronically sick. And you, you see a totally understandable feeling of utter desperation as they, you know, they're casting about looking for answers, um, and unfortunately, far too many of them get completely blown off by their medical doctors. I mean, a lot of the patients I see come in and they're like, you know, my doctor thinks I'm neurotic or I have an anxiety mm. disorder. I had one um, guy who technically got classed with irritable bowel syndrome, but a lot of gut problems, and... Um, he basically told me every time he went to the doctor, the doctor had kind of, his MD had kind of checked him out, but every time he went and he started to tell him, hey, you know, I've noticed I have this symptom or that symptom or this is going on, the doctor basically just said, you're a hypochondriac and you have anxiety disorder and I can give you some anxiety medication. Otherwise, you know, what the patient felt was otherwise shut up. So, you know, 
there are unfortunately far too many people that, that get similar kinds of treatment, you know, and don't get the help they need. And, and I'm so grateful that, like, you know, we are available to help, you know, those that we can. So, so let, let's imagine you can jump in a time machine and go back, and you're a, you're a doctor now, right? And you sure, can go back sure. and treat your dad. What would you have done differently? Well, here's the honest deal, and you know this. You can't treat your parents. Let's pretend he's not your dad. <laughs> well, so magically, the more magic is not the traveling back in time. The more magic is that your parents actually listen to you. Right. My parents do, actually. It's the craziest oh. thing. They do whatever I tell them. I am so really? lucky. Yeah. Wow. So my mom was always extremely, extremely happy um, that I was a doctor and that she could go around and call me Dr. Gersmar. Um, but um, would, basically didn't listen to a word I said. You know, I, unfortunately, she died of cancer earlier this year, um, and I um, never treat your parents. Never treat your parents. Mm. But I tried to help as much as I could, and um, you know, even towards the end, um, until like real close to the end, she still wasn't very interested in what I have to offer. And you know, mm. that's both heartbreaking. Um, I'll tell you, as a, as a doctor of natural medicine, to see what benefit my mom could have gotten from what we offer. Now, let me be clear. I'm a big fan of integrated cancer care. That is, mm-hmm. take the best of conventional medicine and combine it with the best of alternative medicine. Um, and I, I incredibly, firmly, deeply believe you get something that is much, much better um, than the sum of its parts. But, um, you know, for my dad, I mean, obviously the first part is I believe to this day that the surgery that he had was really questionable, was did he actually honestly need that? And, of course, as, you know, unmedically educated people, the MD says you need to have this, and you go, okay. You know, um, now I like to think people are becoming a little bit more savvy and are starting to say, well, actually, why? And, of course, now the Internet is, like, totally out there, and people are, for good and for bad, people are able to go look up things themselves and make their own decisions, and that wasn't so much the case um, uh, when this happened. But um, but the first step is, yeah, just a full evaluation and see what happens. And then, you know, there's nothing wrong. Acupuncture is great for strokes, um, you know, mm-hmm. and... Hyperbaric oxygen therapy is great for strokes, and biofeedback is great for strokes, and better nutrition is really important. I don't know if you saw, there was an article recently um, that, uh, I forget where it was. I put it up on my Facebook page if we want to, mm-hmm. stuff like that, we, we can. But um, of a young man in a very severe car accident um, was in a coma and um, was predicted probably to never regain consciousness and... Um, and if he did, he would basically be vegetative, uh, or, or mostly. Um, and they tried an exper- a quote-unquote experimental treatment on him of giving him 20 grams a day of fish oil. So wow. a lot of fish oil. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, he had a feeding tube, and they pumped fish oil down into his stomach. And over the course, I believe, again, I'd have to die. I just read the article once. About six weeks, he uh, regained consciousness. Um, he's still obviously impaired from the severe damage that happened, but um, is doing much better than expected. And so obviously not proof that the fish oil did it, 
But at the end of the day, I mean, I can say in my dad's situation, had I been in charge of things, that would have been, uh, you know, er, as soon as possible in the hospital, you know, get a feeding tube down and get some of our anti-inflammatory and brain-protective nutrients and herbs, you know, into that system as, as quickly as you can. Wow. Yeah, yeah so, I'm looking at the article right now. It's on CNN Health, right? Yeah. He's a 17-year-old yeah. in a car crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. i got to read this article. A day. And let me vent for one second. You Go know, for it. Vent away. In the middle of that article, I even put this up. In the middle of that article, right, um, the, the, patients, the, the patient's parents approach their doctors and say, listen, we want to give our kid fish oil. And the doctors to this point have said, you know what, we have nothing. There's nothing further we can do. He's on life support. He's sustained. He's maintained. And you know what, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, right? So the parents approach basically and say, we want to give our kid fish oil. And the doctors say, well, what, you know, what basically, no, what proof do you have that this will be beneficial? And so they cite another case. Again, this isn't scientific proof. This is just another case of another gentleman who had been in somewhat similar circumstances and recovered as well after 20 grams of fish oil. And they said, the article quotes them as saying, that's great, but bring us 999 more cases so we have 1,000 positive cases before we'll get fish oil. And excuse mm-hmm. me, but that, that pisses at me off intensely. This mm-hmm. is a guy in a coma with a little hope of recovery and no effective conventional alternative. And instead of admitting that and saying, you know what, if you want to try this, parents, and you're willing to sign waivers that exempt us from blame if something happens by doing this therapy, and then we'll try because there's nothing else to be done, there's a blanket denial of, you know, of treatment. And they, they forced the, uh, the doctors to actually do the treatment. But I'm sorry, like, you know, if, and this goes for all the natural healers out there, too. If someone comes to you and you can't effectively treat them with the tools you have at hand, you know, by God, don't tell them not to do drugs if that's what that person needs to be safe and sound and recover their health. Like, yep. I could go off on a huge rant on this, but our <laughs> goal is not to tell people that they need natural therapies, food, herbs, and everything else, or drugs. Our goal is to keep people safe and healthy, and most of the time, natural therapies will do that, and sometimes they damn well need drugs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very well said. You know, a wise healer uses what works, right? Yeah. You know, we've seen people die of asthma because they refuse to use the inhalers. Is an inhaler a cure for asthma? Not at all, you know? And we can, you know, we can talk about good food, lifestyle, and natural medicines that can help. But if you're in the middle of an asthma attack and you're having trouble breathing, don't mess with herbs. By God, take your asthma inhaler, and then we can mess with herbs and do food and everything else, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree with uh, you. Yeah, anyway, sorry about that. No. uh, I I love it. I actually want to take it to the phone lines. We have a caller who's waiting uh, to ask a question here. So the caller from the 720, thanks for calling Dr. Low Radio. What's your name, and where are you calling from? Hi, Dr. Lo, an old friend of yours. My name is Venus. It's a pleasure to hear you on the air, and lucky that I caught you. Hey, Venus. Um, I have a question. How are you doing? Good. I have a question. 
Um, I have a friend who I think you've met, actually. He's he's a professor, and uh, he is a quadriplegic, and he has been having the most severe UTIs where it starts off with flu symptoms, and then eventually it's just, you know, a whole day of absolute pain. The medication isn't working because he's always on medication, and uh, but now he's in trouble, and he just called me. And uh, so tomorrow I was going to help him out. And I didn't know what to recommend. I mean, he's been told to do the cranberry juice, but it goes right through. As you, you probably know, he has a tube, and mm-hmm. he has to empty his bag all the time, so that cranberry just flushes right out of, out of his system. But he really mm-hmm. needs to take a, a full day of taking care of this, so what would you recommend? Hmm. Let's see. I have some notes here. I'm going to do some uh, searching on my computer real quick. Tim, do you have something you can you can yeah, suggest yeah, while I, I do that? Of, I have a couple of thoughts. I mean, first of all, it's okay that, you know, so cranberry, you know, it's thought that the, the primary thing cranberry does is supply a sugar called D, man, D as in Doug, mannose, um, that is particularly effective against e, the bacteria E. coli. Which e. coli has Sorry? Sorry, which is what he has. He has another E. coli infection. Okay. D-mannose is effective. So, so E. coli infections are about 80, 85% of urinary tract infections. So they work much of the time. So I would personally add D-mannose to get a greater concentration over just cranberry juice, or you can even mix D-mannose with cranberry juice. And the fact that it flows right through is totally fine. Because what D-mannose does, or at least the theory behind what it does, is it flushes the bacteria out of the urinary tract system. So um, you want to keep urine moving in a urinary tract infection. You're flushing the infection out of, of his urinary tract into his bag. The other piece is he's on, you know, if he's pretty much always on antibiotics, well, twofold. You can use things like, for example, green tea, green tea extract, has been shown to resist uh, to reverse some of the antibiotic resistance that occurs in bacteria. I can't say specifically E. coli or specifically against whatever he's taking, but I often will combine, um, like you know, green. When I do use antibiotics, I'll often combine things like green tea with it to, um, to help prevent or reverse antibiotic resistance. Uh, and then the third thing I would consider is. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, bacteria like to form biofilms, which are like slimy uh, films, a, a film like on catheters and on uh, and in urinary tract. Um, and it's a way that they resist antibiotics. They sort of wall themselves in, and then the antibiotics can't get to them very well. And so um, using things that break down biofilms can be very helpful. That's some of the enzymes. Um, some of the, um, uh, the the metal chelators and stuff can help pull apart those biofilms and expose those bacteria, make make um, whatever antibiotics he's taking more effective. And then, lastly, of course, pro- probiotics as well. So, uh, yeah, I have a couple ideas too, Venus. Um, also, Venus, I did a show a few weeks ago with uh, Stephen Harold Buner. He's the author of Herbal Antibiotics. And it's specifically for drug-resistant bacteria. That's a really, really good show. If you want to scroll through the the previous shows, you can find them on iTunes. They're all podcasts. Um, But we talked about specifically bacterial um, bladder infections for E. coli. Um, And there's some herbs that are real specific for that. One is juniper berry, and the other one is Bidens, B-I-D-E-N-S. 
and you can get these herbal formulas. Um, the website woodlandessence.com, woodlandessence.com. You can get you know that formula there. Maybe you can you know I know this is going to be kind of quick for you know tomorrow. You're going to be seeing him, so maybe you can pick some up from Whole Foods. In the meantime, just you know treating him with, with some of those herbs. But it it would be good for him to see someone in in his area if that's possible. I know you're in Colorado, so maybe you know a doctor in Denver or something. Doctor Carney, he's a great doctor in Denver. Um, but in the yeah, meantime, there's some good herbs. In Denver as well. There are a number of good NDs in Denver, if that's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he is uh, on Medicaid, even being a professor, so it restricts the amount of money that he makes. And they've right. cut his medic, uh, his Medicare. Sorry, all uh, they've cut a huge chunk of it, so he's having to recycle bags. Mm. But, yeah, um, well, I would recommend to go on that website and get those herbs at least. Um, they pr- they should be pretty affordable, um, and, you know, you can just take it as a tincture, and um, they're very effective against uh, E. coli. And the doctor at the show was Stephen Harold Buhner? Buhner, B- uh, Buhner B-U-H-N-E-R. But if you just go up to, you know, the Dr. Low Radio on iTunes, you can just scroll through all the shows, and it's called Herbal Antibiotics. That's the show, and you can listen to it. And if you don't, if you can't find it, just send me a message on Facebook, and I'll I'll find it for you. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're so no welcome. No no. All right, bye, Venus. Bye. By the way, Venus has an incredible voice. She is like the bomb singer. I used to go to a lot of her shows, so it's kind of an honor that she called. It's awesome. Um, awesome. Well, so Doc. Do you want me to call yeah. you Dr. Tim, Dr. Gersmar? What do you want? What do you want to call you? Well, uh, whatever works for you. you know, <laughs> I'll just call you Doc. Call me Dr. G because of my last name and everything. Dr. G. Oh. <laughs> All right, so let's kind of talk a little bit about diet. I know both of us are real, you know, paleo advocates, and I know for yep. you, you use the GAPS diet for a lot of patients. Can you tell us a little bit just kind of briefly about what is the GAPS diet and, you know, how is it so beneficial, you know, to take that beyond the paleo diet using the GAPS diet? Sure, sure, makes sense. Obviously, I totally agree, GAPS, uh, excuse me, paleo works well for a lot of people. Anyone who's in paleo, though, knows it can be a huge jump for people to get there. What grains? What dairy? You know, so I mean, it can be it can be tough for people. So GAPS was designed, um, put forward by a, um, a Russian neurologist. She's an MD, got her MD in, in um, the former Soviet Union um, in neurology, and actually had an autistic son. Looking for answers, of course, we all know autism um, in conventional medicine, there, there is really not much that can be done. She started exploring, and there, there is a diet out there um, called the Specific Carbohydrate Diet. It was designed for people um, with inflammatory bowel disease. That's things like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, some really, really bad autoimmune diseases of the digestive tract. Um, and she t- and it's essentially you know a gluten free, mostly dairy free diet. Um, this was developed like way before paleo was an inkling in, in anybody's eye, um, as far as the diet goes. Um, and uh, a lot of autistic kids have a lot of benefit from gluten free, dairy free diet. And so she took this diet and modified it. Um, did some add-ons we can, you know, touch on really briefly. Um, and it had a lot of success helping her son. Um, uh, be relatively neurotypical again, and started sharing this with her patient base. 
um, and, you know, started sharing it on the Internet, and it's largely, you know, spread um, through the Internet. People have become aware of it um, and, and worked it there. So it is a, um, a grain-free um, it is uh, it's a grain-free diet. Um, it has very few legumes in it. There are a couple of legumes. Legumes are beans, basically. So there are a couple that have sort of got dragged into the list um, as a legacy of the specific carbohydrate diet. I'll be honest, when I do, I put patients through gas. I often just have them avoid beans as well, so grain-free, bean-free. Um, and then it does allow some dairy um, as long as it's fermented and or high in fat. So often people go dairy-free. Um, the, the typical pattern is you go dairy-free um, and then you challenge ghee. Ghee, if you mm -hmm. don't know, is clarified butter. It's pretty much the least, absolute least allergenic or reactive of any of the dairy foods. And so you try ghee and you see if you tolerate it, if it causes symptoms. And if it doesn't, then you can try butter and see if that's well tolerated. And then you can try like a high-fat soured cream, essentially, to see if you can tolerate that. And then if you do, um, the recommendation is to make a long ferment homemade yogurt. So you can take um, yogurt, put it in a one of the home yogurt makers, and run it for 24 hours as opposed to, you know, most store-bought yogurt is fermented um, in the three- to four-hour range. So um, a much more fermented, lower sugar, um, higher probiotic content yogurt, which many people find that they, they may not tolerate like milk and cheese, but they may tolerate, you know, ghee and these, these long-ferment yogurts. So it does include, um, that's the kind of dairy products that the diet includes. Um, and the piece that paleo is really missing that I've talked about before in some of my articles um, is the fermented food piece. So GAPS places a really strong emphasis on the various ferments, again, whether they're the dairy ferments like yogurt or um, people call it kefir. I guess um, I, I'm led to understand that the actual pronunciation is kefir. But, ooh. Um, it, it, ooh. But if I say that, nobody actually knows what I'm talking about. So or kefir, um, um, and then all of your different kind of vegetable ferments, you, pe ones people know are sauerkraut and kimchi. But the fact is, you know, that fermenting was one of the very few ways that, that humans had to preserve food before fridges, before refrigerators, basically. Um, and it not only happens that it exposes us to a tremendous amount of, of probiotic bacteria, mostly mostly good, and of course, you know, um, you you do hear about the occasional like botulism cases and with people who didn't can correctly or something like that, but mostly good. Um, and what we've come to know, you know, my whole talk back at the ancestral health symposium uh, was that the bacteria that live inside you are utterly and absolutely critical to your health and well-being. Um, and we see in many people with autism with autoimmune diseases um, and with gut dysfunctions that their bacteria are messed up. And so using a combination of, you know, a variety of fermented foods and then often probiotic supplements in conjunction with each other, we can often make those good bacteria more healthy and therefore make, uh, make the person more healthy. So it's, it's kind of a paleo diet, the strong emphasis on fermented foods, 
Um, and then, um, yeah, so in a nutshell, without going into a lot of the nitty-gritty details, um, that, and then there are a few other uh, pieces, a little bit of supplementation, um, and, and some kind of general low-grade, you know, detox strategies, because we find, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of our complex chronically sick patients, um, if you, there is like, you know, genetic testing that we can do now that evaluates their detoxification pathways, their ability to make glutathione and some of the other pathways. And we often find that these people, you know, have, are, are genetically weak on their ability to handle the 100,000 odd chemicals that we've introduced into the environment. Like, you know, for example, I just put up a new article about bisphenol A the other day and finding that at least in pregnant women and newborn boys, um, it, it adversely affects their thyroid function, you know, mm. and um, the fact is, you know, uh, last time I looked, out of these 100,000 or so chemicals we've put into our environment in the last 150 years, uh, about two to 300 have been thoroughly checked and, 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 un, and understood. So the fact is we know that there is a great deal of environmental toxicity out there. Um, we don't know how much it affects people, and we do know that some of our canaries, essentially, in the coal mine are mostly chemically sensitive people, or many of our autistic kids and everything, you know, really suffer from from a high toxic burden, and we can mm -hmm. see that, you know, in a variety of testing methodologies, and that you ha one way or another, you have to reduce that toxic burden for, for them to, to function. Better. Absolutely. So. Yeah, and you know, of course, we're talking about complicated cases and how all these different body systems tie in together. And I think a lot of times people think, well, I'm I'm so sick, I'm I'm beyond a healthy diet. Like I need to have some big guns in terms of treatments, right? But it's so important to really, you know, realize that the basics are not basic. You know, the right. basics lay the foundation. And that's why using this healthy diet and really focusing on gut health is so important. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that and how you explain that to patients that, you know, that even even in real complicated cases, we got to really focus on these foundational pieces? Well, absolutely. I mean, here's the bottom line that people don't want to hear, and I would rather that this weren't true. I mean, I keep saying, and I mean this, if a magic wand shows up on my doorstep and I can wave it at people and magically make you better, I would be happy to do it. I'll also charge you a little bit more than I currently do, but I would love to do that. <laughs> but the reality is if you're really sick and you've been sick for a really long time and you've been through a variety of health practitioners and haven't gotten the help you need, it's not be hopefully, I sincerely hope and believe that it's not because the people you've seen are stupid and incompetent. It's because you have a lot of stuff going on. You know, I can tell you, for example, a patient I just saw this afternoon, I can say, you know, strongly that there's a digestive, a major digestive dysfunction, excuse me, a chronic nervous system dysfunction, as well as an immune dysfunction altogether, and possibly, though I don't know this, some ability, some, some compromise in her ability to effectively detox and quench, you know, oxidative uh, stress and everything else. The fact is, there is no one single therapy or pill or anything that is going to get that person better. If you're in a similar situation, I tell people, depending on how sick you are, two years all the way up to some of my patients who are really sick, five years of work. That doesn't mean you're going to feel crappy for four years and 364 days, but it means 
that you have to temper your expectations, that there are a lot of problems. Um, and to get back to your question about food, the basics, food, sleep, movement, or exercise, if you whatever you want to call it, are always going to be critical, as, as is stress management and social support in your life. So there are studies that show, at least among seniors, that isolation or lack of social support is the same risk to their, you know, life as smoking two packs of cigarette a day, two packs of cigarettes every day. Wow. That's the same level of risk. And, you know, I have to talk to a lot of people in the sense about this because, you know, my experience has been if people have social support in their lives, that can be a spouse, that can be, you know, other family, that can be friends, that can be social groups like churches or other organizations, their coworkers at work. If they have it, they're likely to succeed. If they don't, they're likely to fail, you know. And so all of these things are basic. Like you will not get better if you don't eat real food. You will not get better if you don't sleep enough. You will not get better if you don't move your body in the capacity that you are capable of doing so. You will not get better if your stress levels are off the charts and are, are, are just killing you. And you will not get better if you are friendless and lonely and isolated. Like you, Those are the fundamental things that human beings need, preconditions to being healthy. Mm-hmm. Having said all that, just because you have those things, doesn't mean that you will necessarily be healthy. Like if you've gotten to a place where your digestion is thrashed and your nervous system is off kilter and your immune system is freaked out and maybe your detox pathways are collapsed and, you know, on and on, just attending to the fundamentals should make you better, but it won't make you healthy again. And that's where it can be a process. It can be two steps forward one step back, you know, and, and and a couple of years in the making. And patient, you know, what I encourage people to do is find a practitioner who gels with you, who you have a good relationship, who seems well-educated, who seems open-minded, who gives you the time and attention, the reasonable time and attention that you need um, to get better and listens to you, you know, and helps you get better. And if, unless you know, that relationship stops serving you, stick with that person. You know, if you jump around, like, for example, I had a a patient come in to see me who had both multiple chemical sensitivity and chronic fatigue. She was very emaciated, you know, and had been to like 10 other doctors before she saw me. So we sat down and had a very long discussion about the fact that it was going to take more than two years for her to get better that it was often going to be two steps forward, one step back as we move along, that there will be setbacks in the case because they always happen, and that some of the stuff that we try will not work well for her and may even make her worse. So she, we, we did get started, and the first treatment um, did not help her, um, and she decided not to come back again. So she's off to see another doctor, which... If she doesn't like me or my approach, is completely and totally reasonable. If it's because she's disappointed that the very first thing that she did didn't work and therefore I have no idea what I'm doing and some other doctor out there is going to have the magic answer or the one thing that is going to make her feel good again, 
you know, she is sadly, in, you know, in for a very unhappy ride of bouncing from more doctors to more doctors, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. you got to stick with that doctor and see it through. You know, you can't be hopping from doctor to doctor. And it took a while to get to the point where you are now. It's going to take a little while to build health again. Yeah, and it sucks. I get it. Like, really, when you feel bad, you want to feel good, and you do almost anything to feel good. And I applaud that drive. But it's got to be harnessed intelligently. And bouncing Mm -hmm. from place to place, searching for the magic answer is is not going to do it for you. If your doctor doesn't work for you, they don't listen to you, you don't feel like they care about you and are willing to help you, or they're not knowledgeable enough, then by all means, seek out another doctor. But it's really for these really sick people, you've got to collaborate. You really do. You know, we are highly educated, and and I don't know about you, but I'm constantly striving to learn more and, and excited when I uncover pieces that I didn't know before. But... There is no way that any one person will know all of the answers. There are no gurus on the Internet who know all of the answers and can help every person. Ultimately, you know, the responsibility, unfortunately, falls upon the sick person, but it can be shared with whoever the right practitioner is for you, whether it's an MD, an ND, a DC, a nutritionist, or whatever, if that person, you know, has the knowledge that, and the tru- and your trust, then stick with them and, and work together to find the answers for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Well, well said. I'm going to take it over to the phone lines again. Caller from the 303. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Stephen. And calling hey, from Stephen. Colorado. Another Colorado. Cool. Thanks for calling in. What's your question? Well, actually, I think uh, the doctor may have just answered it only because um, I am gluten intolerant. Um, my iron count has been low and whatnot, and I'm kind of frustrated with, uh, you know, I've been on different programs, and uh, I'm uh, eating paleo. I'm doing uh all kinds of different things and frustrated that uh, things aren't changing. And I think your discussion over the last uh, about five minutes or so of being patient and realizing that it takes a while for things to happen uh, probably answered the question. But it still, from a personal level, it doesn't really take away my anxiety and, uh, you know, just wondering when things are going to turn around a little bit. Well, sure. I mean, look, what we can say on some level is we know from studies of Celiac, so people with celiac disease, profound, you know, the most severe reactions to gluten. When their gut is profoundly torn up, it's two to three years of a strict 100% gluten avoidance diet before those nutritional deficiencies more or less repair themselves. So if your gut is truly messed up and has been for a long time, it can take you know, a couple of years for it to really recover itself. Obviously, it sounds like you're having some trouble, you know, absorbing your iron. Um, yes, exactly. You know, and, and, yeah, telling you to calm down and, and give it some time doesn't help make you feel any better, obviously. <laughs> um, right. But, you know, if you're, you know, so if you're eating paleo, like you're on a good start, 
you know, if you can, if it's appropriate or whoever you're working with or whatever you're doing, you know, you may find some extra benefit either from some, some additional HCL, especially some digestive enzymes, um, if there's kind of any compromise there. But a lot of people find a little extra help uh, from some digestive enzymes to help them break down and absorb their food. Your paleo, so I assume you're, you're getting some red meat, <coughs> excuse me, yes. some red meat, some of that heme iron, which is the easiest to absorb. Um, you know, and if you're real, I don't know, if you're very anemic, you know, you may consider having, there are, you know, you can get shots of iron um, or you can get actually even get IVs with <laughs> iron done. And if you're very anemic, you know, and having some of the consequences from it, that might even be a stopgap measure while you're healing your gut up, you know. Okay. Um, the other thing, you know, I love the paleo diet and prescribe it very liberally, but, but there is no perfect diet for, for everyone. It's possible you, you may still be eating foods that are irritating to the gut and preventing that kind of gut healing that's going on. Um, and that's kind of some experimentation, and there is some testing that can help point you in the right direction. Um, uh, or, or, you know, truly I've seen people who the, the paleo diet is the, is the wrong approach for them. So I, I can't answer that question for you. But if you feel the diet is working well for you, you have a long history of gut problems, getting those fermented foods, those digestive enzymes, those easily assimilated sources of iron like red meat into your diet and possibly things like liver and everything else can be really beneficial. And if you're severely anemic, you may, you know, you may need the stopgap measure of, of bypassing the digestion and shooting some iron directly in to help you out. So, um, and then, okay. then, unfortunately, try and distract yourself and, and give it some time to let it, to, to let, to let it happen, you know? Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Good show. Well, appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. Great. Thank you. All right. I mean, the, All thing right. I'll, the thing I'll tell people, I'll cut you off for just one second to say this, is <laughs> people with chronic illnesses, right, it is possible to get better. You know, one of Absolutely. the things I'm frequently having discussions with is people come in and they say, you know, I think I can't get, I cannot get better. I'm permanently broken or I'm just going to die. And I'll just say, you know, none of us are God and we can't see the future or anything like that, but the vast majority of people can get better. There's some faith required. That's why having, again, a good practitioner around who can help you through the process I mean, giving it some time and having trying to have some trust in your body, which for people who have been chronically sick, often, you know, they feel very betrayed by their body and that and, and that it's you know that it's permanently broken, but most of the time it isn't. You know. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. So, so for you, you listeners out there, some good websites for some good doctors. If you wanted to find one local in your area, is naturopathic.org. That's a website where you can find a, a trained, licensed naturopathic doctor in your area. You can search by zip code or city, and then also acam.org, that's A-C-A-M.org. Those are integrative doctors, and you can find one in your area. And then, um, Dr. Grismar, do you see patients um, just locally, or do you see patients from a dis like, do you phone appointments as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, of course, you know. 
Obviously, yeah. it's best if you can find a local doctor just in general because there's something really beneficial about connecting face-to-face in person. But the mm-hmm. reality is, you know, there is a shortage of doctors to help people like we're talking about. And so, obviously, you know, I think all of us need um, to offer, you know, we do Skype and phone and everything else. So definitely if there isn't anyone, and I, and I do recommend, you know, look for who's around you and interview with them. Like talk yeah. to them. If they won't give you the time of day, if they won't let you talk to them for a few minutes before you have to book and pay for an appointment, my two cents is find a different doctor because that that person is probably not going to going to meet your needs. But talk with doctors and see, find out their approach and a little bit of their personality, like, you know, hopefully you picked up a little bit of mine in listening to the show, but <laughs> hear a little bit of their personality, and if they don't click with you, it's not a bad thing to move, you know, to move on and interview another doctor or practitioner until you find someone that you click with. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep, so, for sure. Um, so, so Doc, what about some of the more cutting-edge treatments? You know, we're we're obviously very... Um, focused on the diet, the foundational pieces, you know, herbal medicine, yeah. nutrition. Um, but what are some of the some cutting-edge treatments you use with your patients? Well, I'll tell you, I just got involved in a new treatment that I'm super excited about, and it, it's really changing gears. It's, it's about the treatment of chronic pain. So I have a patient um, who is, uh, um, he was seeing me for other issues, but he sort of bounds into my practice one day and says, you'll never believe it. You know, um, he had such severe back pain. He had been in the armed forces, and he'd broken a couple of vertebrae in his back um, and beat himself up really good, you know, in service to our to our country, um, and had such severe on and off back pain that he occasionally had to go and have an epidural put in his back, basically. Mm. Um, he'd been to chiropractors. He'd been to acupuncturists. He, you know, consulted with uh, with docs about back surgery, and really nothing was helpful for him. So he bounded into my practice one day and said, hey, have you heard of this treatment, this treatment called neural prolotherapy, neural prolotherapy? And I said, sure haven't. And he said, you'll never believe it. This pain that I've had for years and years and years that absolutely nothing has helped, this treatment helped me, and I'm pain-free now. And so, like any good doc, I hope, um, I looked into it and um, and took training in it a little while ago, and I've been bringing it to my practice and seeing some utterly remarkable results with you know people with long-standing chronic pain conditions, pain that other treatments you know again chiropractic, acupuncture, great help many people in pain, massage and all the rest, but but there are people who are left out, and so this treatment basically involves. Um, it does involve needles, so it's not for everybody, but injections um, superficially into the skin. That means, you know, you don't plunge a needle really deep. They, the needles only go uh, a small distance into the skin. And the craziest thing of all is that it involves diluted sugar solutions. So there are no drugs, herbs, or anything else. There's no possibility of allergic reactions. And basically within 15 minutes of getting the injections, you're going to know whether this treatment can be effective for you or not. So I'm super excited um, about offering it. There aren't that many doctors who do it yet, but I think it's growing. And so um, I know um, at the at the training they were talking about getting a website up for this treatment, neural prolotherapy. Um, so you can hit the internet. Um, obviously, can't do that remotely. But if anyone is in the Seattle area 
and um, it wants to talk about it or check it out, um, I'd love to help. And um, otherwise, Google and see what you can find out. Cool. Um, yeah, we've been doing some biopuncture here at the clinic, which is injecting uh, homeopathic remedies into acupuncture yeah. points. Nice. It was uh, it was on Dr. Oz several months ago, and it's been amazing. When I first started here at the clinic, the other doctor was doing it, and I just said, okay, I'll give it a try. I've been yeah. amazed at the results with patients, you know? I mean, it's just like, you know, chronic shoulder pain issues that have been there for 20 years after a couple treatments is gone and doesn't come back. It's yeah. a trip. Yeah, it, this stuff is trippy. I mean, you, you watch people get off the table, and you go, I don't know how this could possibly help that person. <laughs> Stand up, and they're like, "Awesome!" You know, I can't believe that happened. You almost go, "I can't believe that happened either." Like <laughs> um, you keep seeing that kind of stuff happen, and and like with everything, right? Doesn't no treatment helps everyone, but this is this opens the door to a lot of people who who you know haven't gotten help from what the conventional system offers. And in, in super brief detail, the whole point is we mostly consider you know pain comes when you hurt your tissue, you smash your hand in the door, you get a pain signal. Your body's saying your hand, the bones, the flesh, the muscles, the, the, all the connective stuff has been hurt. And that's a pain signal, and that's a totally appropriate pain signal. And when things work properly, when your hand heals up, there's no pain anymore. But what we found is that the nerves themselves can become inflamed and dysfunctional. And so when you take a look at that person's hand, it looks fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But when you find the nerve that's giving the problem, it's inflamed, painful, and dysfunctional. And what has been found is these sugar solutions are able to break that inflammatory cycle in those nerves and help reset them back to, to, to normal functioning again. Mm. Um, and it's a completely different way of, of looking to classifying injuries in two completely different categories. And what works great for tissue damage, the first kind of pain, like, you know, does like oxycodone and some of the other painkillers and the other treatments and surgeries and everything else that will work for those kind of treatments does not work for these nerve inflammations, these chronic, you know, often these chronic pain syndromes. And so what's needed is other treatment. And if you guys are getting good results with um, with the injection of the different homeopathics, then, heck, that's another way to get after these things. But it's, it's understanding that, that what the conventional system has to offer does not work well um, for these, these kind of symptoms. And so, again, trying to get at the people who need help who can't get it elsewhere. Um, I can't say how excited I am to... to to experiment and to, to see people get off the table and just go, you know, holy crap. Right. <laughs> I, couldn't my, I couldn't turn my head when I came to see you, and now I can, you know, yeah. 10 minutes later. So, Super uh, exciting. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, I want to know, are there any any cool patient cases you can leave with us, like just, you know, some cool things you've seen just get turned around with, with the power of natural medicine? Yeah. I mean, all I mean, all all day, every day, right? I know it's like a regular thing. I mean, we see right. things that are supposedly incurable, just reverse. Right. And it's not really like I'm not trying to – I mean, I love what you said in your bio, not trying to toot your own horn, but like you're good at what you do. I'm good at what I do, you know? It's really – it's so satisfying to see people get better from incurable conditions. But maybe just an example. <laughs> that's what we – I mean, that's what 
my reason for practicing is, you know, is to try and, again, really not tooting my horn. There's tons of stuff I don't know. My whole goal of practice is to look back at my charts from two to three years ago and kind of shake my head at what I wasn't doing back then. Oh, my God, really? That's how I was approaching this? I know so much more now. So, you know, it's it's the goal to always get better. But, I mean, I, I can just tell you, you know, I'm working with a with a lady right now with ulcerative colitis, again, an autoimmune disease of the intestines. And they have the, when this disease is active, people have the very unpleasant experience of having to poop, you know, upwards it can be 5, 10, 20, 30 times a day with very little control um, and bleeding, bleeding, bleeding all the time from 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 their butt, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes them very can make them very anemic, very weak, very sick, very prone to infections, very dangerous, right? So I can say, you know, relatively recently, I started working with a woman uh, in that situation on multiple immunosuppressive drugs um, without any benefit, basically. She'd been to um, six gastroenterologists that, that she has told me. She was receiving weekly iron uh, transfusions via um, IV to keep her relatively stable. She lost about uh, 40 pounds um, and was in a bad place. You know, we made, um, her doctors had told her diet makes no difference whatsoever in, in issues like this. Um, and the only option was to stack yet more drugs on top of the drugs that she was already taking. So we got her started with a very kind of simplistic, extremely pared-down diet plan, added in some herbal medicines. Uh, there are several of them, but one of the big guns is, is curcumin, which is a turmeric ec- extract, um, which if you want to see a wonder drug, quote-unquote, of natural medicine, um, one of my top picks is for curcumin. At very high doses, after three months of bleeding um, that she had had, she'd been in a flare for three months prior to, to seeing me, three months of bleeding, three months of anemia, um, uh, three months of going to the bathroom like ten times a day. Um, we were in the midst of treatment, but she is down to, um, to pooping twice a day, and uh, she's no longer bleeding. Wow. So, um, and this is without stacking any drugs on top of what she was already taking. So... You know, uh, um, people often say natural medicine is only good for little things that would go away by themselves, like if you have sniffles or allergies or something like that, then natural medicine can help. But if you have any real problems, then that, then, then you've got to go to conventional medicine. Again, mm. not saying you don't got to go to conventional medicine, um, but what we do can help with really serious, really serious stuff too. Mm-hmm. And this isn't like one of those all-star cases that happens once every 10 years. This is like a regular no, no. thing. Yeah. yeah, no, no. I mean, I can go. I've got other cases, you know, a woman who had had UC uh, ulcerative colitis again, just another case that popped up in my mind. She'd had it for years. She'd been on and off drugs. Her gastroenterologist, her, her MD specialist said, you know what, you have to have your colon taken out. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, is there anything else that we can do? They said, no. She said, what about, you know, alternative medicine? They said, it doesn't work. She said, well, I'm going to go look. 
she came to see me. We made, you know, we use, in her case, we used the GAPS diet. Um, we used some other medicines to help stabilize her. Um, and two years later, you know, she's completely symptom-free. Um, and um, I'm trying to convince her to go back for a repeat colonoscopy to show <laughs> that her, her colon, that her large intestine, um, where the disease is normally active, now looks great, and she says, um, why? I feel great, and I haven't had any problems, so I don't want to bother getting a colonoscopy. Right. So, um, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Again, well, hopefully not- she'll go back and talk to her doctors and say, hey, check out what worked. Now you can let other patients know. I hope so, and there are, you know, there thankfully are some MDs, typically uh, MDs, typically younger ones who are listening and paying attention now, and um, unfortunately I've met, you know, far too many, and I, this doesn't blanket the whole profession, but I've met yeah. far too many who say, oh, it was a flu, you know, I've had a number of patients who, you know, have um, various diagnoses, like uh, who you know, who have diagnosis of IBD, the inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's and UC, who get better, go back and are told, oh no, 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 actually it wasn't IBD, it was IBS, irritable bowel right. syndrome. Instead. Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, 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 sorry, we just made a mistake. It wasn't actually that really serious disease because clearly you're doing far too well to have that really serious disease. It must be this more minor disease instead somehow. So, oh, my gosh. Um, so I sincerely hope that that attitude profoundly changes and that whoever your MD is does not do that same kind of thing. But um, I could tell you one more story if, you, if we have Please. time. Please, yes. Hear it. So I had a gentleman. Um, he actually never came to see me. I can't 100% verify this, but I had a long phone conversation with him um, and he seemed incredibly earnest. He had hepatitis C, which is a virus um, that will destroy the, the liver. And he was in very bad shape. He said um, he had about, um, there's, there's a condition called ascites. It's where, um, uh, it's kind of complicated, but you, you gain a lot of water weight because your blood has a hard time holding the fluid inside of it, it's, it's a very bad thing to have happen to you. And he had about 30 pounds of ascites, about this water um, in his abdomen. He had a big bloated, you know, pregnant belly kind of looking stomach. Um, he was jaundiced, that means yellow, again, because his liver worked so very badly. Um, and his blood did not clot properly, like he would bang himself on something and, and develop massive bruises, or he would cut himself and just bleed and bleed and bleed. Um, and he was set up to have a liver transplant. Um, and then he had a problem, his insurance had a problem, um, and they booted him off the transplant list. And his, this is, again, according to him, I have every reason to believe this is correct. His doctors basically told him, you know, go home, you've got about six weeks left. That's, that's about all you've got left. And he, again, said, are there any options? And they said, no, you can get a transplant, um, and that's about it. And so he went and looked up. I don't know if you've read about or, or, or talked to him. There is this rogue MD. Um, he's in Arizona. His name is Bert, B-E-R-T, Berkson. Um, he used to be a Ph.D. Um, uh, um, research scientist who became an MD um, and found um, that 
a, a relatively simple protocol of intravenous um, alpha-lipoic acid combined with some other nutrients in this intensive twice-a-day protocol has had profound and startling results in helping liver problems like this. Mm. So this gentleman uh, went off to Arizona to get twice-a-day IVs for several weeks in combination with this protocol. And over the course of that couple weeks, his ascites, all that fluid, drained out and went away. The yellow color of his skin went back to normal. His energy level, he said he couldn't walk a block without being, you know, totally winded um, and having to sit down, went through the roof, and he began feeling normal and well again. He came back to Seattle. The reason he was calling me was to see if I would continue doing those IVs with him. It's not a cure as in forever, but it, it did regenerate um, his liver and get him in a better place. If I would do them, he ultimately chose to go to a different doctor that was a little bit closer to where he lived, but um, he told me he was extremely angry and spreading the word about this. He went back to his hepatologist, that's a, a liver specialist, um, with a stack of research papers and, you know, a list of the protocol, all the steps of the protocol that he had done and the changes that they had started to see in his blood work and everything else. <clears throat> he walked in the door. Um, they basically said, wow, it's a miracle. A miracle has happened. You have gone from being on death's door to being reasonably healthy again, and he said, do you want to know what the miracle was? And they basically said, not really. Um, he said, well, guess what? I've got a whole folder here full of papers, scientific papers and the like, and all my blood work and all the protocols, and I really want you to read it. And they said, we're actually too busy. We don't have time to read it now. <laughs> so um, ended up round filing it in the trash can. Um, and he walked out um, determined that he was going to tell everybody he could about about his experience and everything. So, um, again, not all MDs are like this. I don't mean to disparage them, but there's too much, too much right now of this attitude that if I haven't been trained in it and I don't know what it is, that therefore it's crap and it can't work and I'm not even going to bother to take the time to learn about it. Right. So, yeah. Um, wow, that is an amazing story. Yeah. So anyway, we're throwing out little bits and pieces here in this story, but if you have hepatitis C or significant liver damage or liver failure, again, there is no nothing that will cure everyone, but it's certainly something you may want to look up BERT, B-E-R-T, Berkson, B-E-R-K-S-O-N, on the Internet, read about his story and what he's done and consider that kind of treatment yourself. I mean, if my family member or friend had had that kind of condition is definitely something I, I would consider doing because what else you got? Liver transplant, mm -hmm. you know? So, right. um, wow. So, <laughs> awesome. So, Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I do remember hearing about Berg Bergson, actually. I just Googled him and did my own little research just now. So thanks for the Yeah, the other depressing thing is, right, really fast, <laughs> the way he got into this when he was in the hospital, when he was a resident in the hospital, um, his attending basically told him, Go upstairs. There's a couple people dying of, of liver failure because they ate poisoned mushrooms. And he said to them, "Is there any?" He said to his doc, you know, his attending, "Is there anything we can do to help them?" And he said, "No. I just want you to go out, make sure they're comfortable, um, and record their deaths, basically, and then get back to me." And because he'd been a researcher at the National Institutes of Health before this whole thing happened, 
he was sitting there watching these people die, and he called his former contacts and said, listen, I've got these cases of liver failure. Is there anything that you're prototyping or trialing, anything that you think might help? And one of his buddies said, well, you know, alpha-lipoic acid may help. And he said, great, let's try it. These guys are, are basically dead otherwise. So they tried it, and both people recovered. So you know what happened? He got cited. His, doctor, <laughs> his attending said, never, ever do that again. Um, uh, you know, basically now I look like an ass because I told these, the families of these people that they were going to die, and now you saved them. And you did a non-sanctioned, um, non-approved you know, therapy, basically. Right? Whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So that's like, that is that kind of attitude. That's earlier with the fish oil. That's all this. That kind of attitude that it has to be that in people with no other effective alternatives, we can't try natural options completely baffles and irritates the heck out of me. Yeah. No, I get I that. Mean, if you had something you thought would work, then try it. But when you got nothing left in your quiver, like, let me have a chance at it. The person, that person may still die. Or, you know what, natural medicine, I don't know if you've talked about this, natural medicine can hurt people, and it has before. For sure, you know? absolutely, yeah. A lot less than than conventional medicine does, yeah. but it, it can happen. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I've had people who are kind of coming in, they're like, it's natural, I can take as much as I want, and it... And and often, uh, you know, what we use is extremely safe and effective, but occasionally there are things where, no, no, you can't just take as much as you want, and it's possible that this stuff can hurt you, and it has before, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, if you have no other option, why not try it? Because what, what, what is your other choice, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, totally. Um, so I admire the heck out of Bert Burks, and he's uh, he's an interesting guy, and he's helped a lot of people. And, um, again, the bottom line is, you know, if you have, like, a chronic, quote-unquote, incurable condition that the conventional system can't help you with, you know, don't give up on yourself. If you, you know, don't drive yourself absolutely batty, you know, spending all your time on the Internet, but try and find a practitioner you know, and through this radio show, you've probably you've been exposed to to a whole bunch of good ones. You know, you can always email us or look on the great websites that that were mentioned and and find someone to help give you some guidance. You know. Mm, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so for so our listeners out there, people. yeah. How can our how can our listeners learn more about you, Doc? Sure. Well, like every you know, everybody else, I have a website, a blog, and a Facebook. We're try and share great information to people. I mean, I'd love if people would come and check it out. Um, my website is Aspire. That's A S P I R E Aspire Natural Health, all one word. AspireNaturalHealth.com, um, and it's Facebook at Aspire Natural Health as well. Um, and you know. Lots of great info. Uh, you can all my contact information is there if that's uh, that's something that interests you. So awesome, Doc. Any any parting words? Any last minute tidbits? Oh man, <laughs> haven't I haven't I been going on here <laughs> for sure? I mean, it's, look, you know, you if you are one of these people who suffers from a chronic multiple system dysfunction where lots of stuff is broken, you're not hopeless. 
You're not broken. You're not just going to die, right? There is help. But there is no magic wand or magic pill that is going to make you better. It's not thyroid hormone. It's not adrenal extracts. It's not chelation therapy. It's not, you know, any It's any one treatment. It's not necessarily the paleo diet or the gas diet. All of those things are tools, and all of them can be helpful. And I really strongly recommend, you know, you find someone who can help you. I get that it's expensive, and I get that you may not have much money, you know, but the experiences of myself and, and, and the rest of us are that most people who try and treat themselves, and we know this because as doctors, one of the first things we're told is don't treat yourself, and what do we do? Most of us try to treat ourselves, and, you know, you do a crappy job at it. I mean, I know mm-hmm. I do. I'm sure you do, too. Yeah. You know, it's get some help. Get someone who is knowledgeable, who you trust, who you have a good opinion with, and really try and bake it into your soul that it's a process. It's not a, it's not a procedure, right? It's mm-hmm. going to take, like the gentleman with the iron deficiency and stuff, and part of it is making sure that his treatment is right, and part of it is giving it time to happen, and it doesn't make you feel any better. And, and oftentimes it's like, uh, you know, this sounds flip, and I don't mean it that way. Get a hobby or volunteer or do some other activity to pull you away from dwelling on yourself. I don't I don't know about you, but I often put my, my patients on medical, like, health information fast. Like, stop listening to Dr. Mercola <laughs> if you do. Stop Googling health issues. Stop Googling diet. Stop. you got to stop. It's not helping you. It's actually making you more anxious and contributing to, to more, to, you know, an unhappier um, and lower quality of life. So, yeah. you know, be educated and understand what's going on and find a doctor you can partner with. And then give it time and do your piece and work with, with whoever it is that you're partnered with um, and, and, and let the healing happen. And sometimes it's fast and sometimes it's not. And, and despite all that we want to do, you know, we can't make it better. So. Mm-hmm. Well said, Doc. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> um, well, awesome. This time yeah. flew. And uh, I just want to thank you for, you know, last minute, just happy to jump on the show. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the time, and hope you stay warm up there in the Northwest. Uh-huh. Well, Looking forward know, to hanging I, sometime. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I'll be down in, down your way um, around Christmas, so we should arrange cool. to get together then. But, um, you know, definitely we've we've been blessed with a, with a sunnier fall, and um, our spirits are falling by the day now as... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as as uh, the rain clouds close in around us. So, oh. um, absolutely. Thank you for having me on and doing the service of helping expose people to to the fact that there are other options available for people. For know? sure. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Okay. All right, Doc. Have a wonderful night. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, supporting Dr. Low Radio. It really warms my heart that you guys are loving it. If you do love the show, I would also love it if you could leave a review or a comment on the uh, iTunes 
podcast directory, that would be really great. Give me some stars on there. And um, check out the website, drlaurennoel.com. I work with patients locally here in San Diego and all over the country. So if you don't have a doctor who is listening to you and really helping you to get well, please check me out. I'd love to support you in, in really um, optimizing your health, not just treating disease. So it's very different. Have a great night, you guys, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.